something is really bad. So I went and clicked to learn more. And yeah, the first point on invalid traffic is that it's artificial traffic boosting your own views. Yeah. And it immediately clicked to me. It immediately clicked to me that, oh, that was, of course, just right now artificial bots watching and visiting my YouTube channel. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dogs, cats, robots, and everybody in between, especially you, Mr. Auto GPT Agent, we know you're listening this week. Welcome to HTTTA. I am your host, Wes the Synthmind, Synthmind West, and I am always joined by the gallant, the gleeful, the golden-haired Grace herself, glittering on the other side of this call, the galaxy of inspiration herself, Miss Go2Go. Gee, how are you this week? Usually after such introduction, I would say I am fantastic. Good. That message received. But this week, I'm not so well, to be honest. Wow. So what brought that about? Well, our beloved topic of AutoGPT, I got my hands on it and it was not as friendly as I thought it would be. So my experience, at least the first encounter was definitely a very traumatizing, I would say. Well, let's tell some of our listeners what AutoGPT actually is. I'm sure people are familiar with ChatGPT at this point, if you're listening to this podcast. But what AutoGPT is, it's an initiative by some folks. You can get the repository on GitHub right now. It's a program where there's an interface via a kind of DOS command prompt window. It's the fastest growing repository in terms of like stars on GitHub ever 112,000 stars and forks oh how many forks 19,000.8 so what that means to folks that aren't you know coding on a regular basis or into that side of things that means 119,000 people have downloaded this program run the code to install it and execute it and then another 19,000 have taken the base code for this and started to play with it in other ways. So the way it kind of works is you have on ChatGPT, we know it's not hooked up to the internet. There's no internet access with ChatGPT. It's trained on a data set that only goes up through September, 2021. It can't necessarily execute a command outside of ChatGPT and it relies on continuous prompting. You have to kind of keep prompting it, you know, to get an output. AutoGPT, can access the internet and it works autonomously by having two separate kind of like GPT 3.5 or four agents talking to one another and collaborating. One's prompting the other, others doing the search, then they prompt back based on that results. And it has long-term memory. So it'll memorize what it's doing over the course of time. That's what it is. And people are calling it a baby AGI, artificial general intelligence, because it can essentially kind of think for itself. But not to mix it with Hugging Face Baby IGI spin-off project, which is actually no code and web browser smaller version just to get the feel of it. In Baby IGI project, you input your OpenAI key, you give a goal and 
it starts executing what should be steps taken to reach that goal. So I think the best way to illustrate what we mean by how to interface and use this goal, Goda, would you tell us your experience with AutoGPT <laughs> this past week? Yeah, sure. So just to provide you with a background, I'm not a coder, if you may. I'm familiar now with GitHub, and I always wanted to learn Python, and I know HTML, done some web management stuff. So I'm kind of familiar with some coding stuff, but not to the extent that I can, you know, comfortably yeah. say that, give me code and I will know what to do with that. Sure. So that being said, when I'm learning about something and this AutoGPT has been coming into my emails, people were asking, I knew what it was. I was keeping an eye on that, but I decided to get kind of my, you know, hands dirty and actually mm -hmm. try it. So you went and found yourself a Python 101 book and figured out how to clone a repository. Look at you. You're practically, yeah. <laughs> you know, you're practically got a computer science degree then over the weekend, it seems like. So this is the funny part. And in my video I made about this topic, I said that it's both fascinating, but both scary if you think about it. Mm -hmm. It took me half a day from getting GitHub to getting Python to copying repository. And the funny thing is, looking back now can reflect, I did not go on YouTube to watch tutorials. Yeah. I used ChatGPT to help me. For example, one of my hiccup was that Python was not running. And mm -hmm. apparently I installed the latest, latest Python, like 11. Yeah. How you write is like Python 3 instead yeah. of pip. And I was like, I don't understand. I'm doing everything right and it's not working. And then... I copied the whole description how to install AutoGPT, gave it to ChatGPT, oh. that it knows what I'm talking about, it knows what I should be doing or what I should be using. It was going back and forth. And once I was like, hit it run, and it worked. And I was like, what? You've just described the entire coding experience, not just for yourself, but for every developer out there, which is, hey, I think I got this working. This is good. This is exciting. Wait, why, why is it not working? Like, what? The, the <laughs> unexplicable feeling like, why? Why is it not working? Why is it not working? Like, it, this should, I'm doing everything right. And it's a, you put a colon or a backslash in the wrong place on line 172. But then the feeling of just sheer bliss when it works. You are like, I am the smartest person alive. There is no <laughs> other way to describe it. Yes. But this feeling was very short-lived. Yes. I know that we are teasing, but okay, I'm getting to that. Yes. I got it running. And to be honest, I was kind of taking a step back. I was like, okay, it works. So I was so preoccupied making it work that I mm -hmm. did not really think, what do I want to ask? Like, how should I go about that? Right. I posted on YouTube and on LinkedIn and also in our community and learn prompting just to get some ideas. And one kind of, basic one is what consumes a lot of my time is researching ideas but also content for making youtube videos i spent a lot of time diving into topics and i was like okay so if auto gpt would actually gather some ideas maybe for me but also scout the internet doing some research maybe finding some articles which i was not aware of 
Mm-hmm. So the way it works is you give it a persona, role prompting, right? And then as many as five goals for it to try to accomplish. So what was your persona and then the goals that you gave it? The first time I went with a name, so I did Ben. The first test, I wanted to see how it understands what does it mean viral video and mm-hmm. what it would do. So I asked about viral video ideas, which would get a lot of views and also engage people. For the goals, it was understand what is viral, research topics which are relevant to my YouTube channel. And this is mm-hmm. where mistakes started happening. And then, yeah, write a script, YouTube titles okay. and all that. First, it started researching what is viral video and what you should do. And that was very disappointing, very basic. It literally went to the top Google results. But then I pushed on the fact that it needs to be contextual. It has to be for my YouTube channel. So on a first try, it seemed, and I was checking what ideas it gathered. On a first try, it started pushing that, okay, I talk about technology so that I should do gaming. Okay. Because that gets viral. Yeah, sure. Go to go the Twitch streamer. <laughs> Maybe I should try. Maybe it actually was not a bad advice. Maybe it knows something you don't. Exactly. Actually, we just got Nintendo Switch. Anyway, beside the point, I gave feedback. So this is what you do. You can continue like each command. You can say yes, continue. You can also give it number of commands. So yes, yeah. 10 would mean that it will run 10 commands automatically with no intervention from you. N is that you shut it down, it exits. Mm-hmm. And there is this whole other thing with just continuous mode, which is absolutely not recommended. Yeah. I have not tested it yet. It's expensive. Exactly. And I want to talk later about this, the whole cost side, because I see a lot of misinformation that AutoGPT is free. Going back to that, you can also give feedback. So I was trying to give it, hey, I am, gotta go, and it needs to be contextual. Okay, so then you can see how it talks to itself, right? But also talks to the agents it creates. So it created agent which needs to research viral videos. It created an agent which needs to eventually understand who I am. And then whenever agent was writing scripts. And those consult with each other. So it would say... Hey, the agent who writes scripts need to go and consult with the agent who knows viral video ideas. So it just made a whole production department for you, basically. Right. And then I saw that, yeah, it says that, okay, I need to watch Gotta Go videos to understand context and identify her best performing videos and understand her audience. And that is all great. And it did. It found my videos. It wrote who I am, took the description from YouTube. and. The thing is, I always have my YouTube analytics on just to see what's going on. And I saw this pop up almost instantly. And I'm very aware that these two things could be completely unrelated events, just like statistically. It can be, right? There is also a chance. However, this pop up was saying that ad revenue will be affected on some of your videos because YouTube detected invalid traffic. And I was like, what? Immediately I saw ad revenue affected. I'm like, no, 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 no. Something is bad. Because if YouTube does not want advertisement be involved with you, something is really bad. So I went and clicked to learn more. 
And yeah, the first point on invalid traffic is that it's artificial traffic boosting your own views. Yeah. And it immediately clicked to me. It immediately clicked to me that, oh, there was, of course, just right now artificial bots watching and visiting my YouTube channel and watching. And of course, if it's me or if it's auto GPT, they need to sit through the ad. That agent probably didn't like sitting through the ads. So, you know, now I'm talking about this like with a smile, but I can tell you that I definitely panicked because... It was a lot of work to grow this YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. And as a small YouTuber, still, you know, even though it's getting to 30,000 soon, but still, it's small YouTube channel. And just seeing that all the effort you put and all the work could be affected by simply like, it's just ironical. I wanted to make better ideas and better videos and probably damage my channel. Gosh. So it was really sad. I went in contact at YouTube support and as a content creator you have this chat for content creators and I started talking with them and told that I'm seeing this pop-up and I said that I was playing with AutoGPT and I used Google API Mm -hmm. and to allow it to browse and then basically this happened and I was like oh well what is the consequences I will you know just like kind of like panicking kid and they were like yeah, that's probably it. We can't do anything about it now. Just don't do this again. Right. And you should be fine and it takes time. And to show which videos will be affected, I will see kind of later revenue. However, now I posted on YouTube this video about AutoGPT telling the story. And I cover multiple aspects of that. But what they learned and was kind of like pondering about what happened because of course we have to talk about this that we don't know how auto gpt or multiple agents browsing internet going on websites getting to your gmail using all the plugins which are coming out yep how it all affects and we've been fighting bots Twitter bots, YouTube bots, what, you know this on YouTube, WhatsApp, join yeah. gotta go on what's oh my god, it takes me so much time to just delete those. Really? So we've been fighting those and now we have tools where any noob like myself can set up in half a day and deploy. So I just want to say one thing that of course what this exposed that I didn't have any bad intentions, but anybody with bad intentions can yeah. do these things. But my theory is that this happened to me specifically because I used the same email to create Google IPI as my YouTube channel. So that's one aspect. And YouTube is owned by Google. Another aspect is, of course, my IPI didn't use any VPNs. So to detect that it is me, myself, driving traffic and therefore I should be penalized or I should stop because as a creator doing it myself, I think it would be different, or at least I hope that it's not the same case if I do and say, hey, research this YouTuber and AutoGPT goes on that YouTuber's channel and watches and boom, suddenly that YouTuber is affected. I saw a lot of comments in my YouTube channel that, oh, so this is what can happen. And I, we don't know. That, that's a thing. We don't know what's the answer, right? right? Because another aspect is you yourself now can be like, hey, a friend in, I don't know, whatever country 
set up an account, AutoGPT, and ask to drive 100,000 views. Watch my videos 100,000 times. Yeah. Right? So all these kind of things, of course, I, I thought about it a lot and I don't want to put all the ideas out in the wild, but that's definitely concerning how Google's going to react. Will we have to just simply move to Bing? Because Bing is like, yay, AI forever. Yeah, they're linked in with OpenAI. So, you yeah. know, that's, it's the AI wars have begun, that's for sure. Yeah, so overall, as a conclusion, AutoGPT in general, as a result, for me, it was looping, running in errors. Yeah, it was a little bit disappointing besides what happened. Now it's kind of, I just hope that with YouTube, we are friends again. Content creation with AutoGPT for my specific channel is off the table. Off the table. Yeah, and I tested web browser integrations like God Mode, Agent GPT, Baby IGI. Mm -hmm. And of those, I can say that if listeners actually want to give it a try, for me, God Mode was... The closest, the cleanest experience, because you still see what it's doing, has these files, which you can at any moment open and read. It was getting me a lot of errors throughout the process, but you just need to refresh. But yeah, Wes, I need to ask you, did you try it? And any stories from your side, you need to balance it out. So thankfully, I can retort this week with probably more positive example of how Auto GPT, specifically the God Mode website integration version of it, helped me out. But I would love to share the first time that I used it. So I definitely have been trying out some of these Auto GPT and different types of derivations of it that have come up since its release, probably about two, three weeks ago now. So the first time I tried it, I think this was the thing that kind of was like, oh, this is kind of different. You know, we take the transcripts from these podcasts and I'll feed them into the GBT algorithms and just have it parse through that for the key topics, build some outlines and use that to help write our uh, articles for our newsletter each week. So I had the podcast as a text file, the transcript, put it in a location and then said to do just that. You're a tech blogger, tech writer, you know, parse through this, make the outline like this, put it in a text file. So what I didn't realize is I put the file I wanted it to sample from our transcript in the wrong directory. All right. You have to put it in a specific directory within the auto GPT folder. So what auto GPT did is it went, Hey, I don't see this file. Let me search the internet for how to do a Windows search. Then, okay. I found how to index and find the file. Let me research on Python, how to move it to the place I need to. So then it moves this little text file just into one more subdirectory that I had it pointed at when I could have easily just redone it and refixed it. And I was just like, I'm looking back through the logs. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> like before it even started doing what I was asking, it corrected my mistake for me by going through that pathway on the internet, which was Crazy. just like, yeah. So that was the first example I was like, whoa, this is a little different. Where I find it does very well is with kind of like multi-layered advanced searches of information. Let me give you an example. I have a family friend whose daughter is applying for colleges, wants to be a veterinarian and go to a college with a veterinarian program, vet, vet school. They live in the Southeast US. So we were talking and I was naturally talking about AI and stuff because that's all I talk about. So I bring this up and say, well, hey, 
where is she searching? She, oh, she's looking through these programs, but, you know, she's trying to, it's just, you know, it's not as clear. Obviously, it's a challenge. So I'm like, well, what are some of your specific things you're looking for? So what wants to be in the southeastern United States? Would like it to be less than 25K a year or have some sort of in-state, you know, discount that we can take advantage of. Would like it to be a pretty top tier program. And then it'd be really helpful if we had information about what grants our daughter would be eligible for. So we can also start working that. So I said, I got a solution for you. Let's try to put it in auto GPT. So in and of itself, that's something that would take multiple individual searches. Hey, what's the top 10 colleges? What's the top 10 colleges in the Southeast that have a veterinarian program? How much do each one of those individual colleges cost? There's not a lot of aggregators of all of that kind of information in a lot of places. You know, it exists separately from one another, but to even pull that all together in the past would always be something that we would have to do in a spreadsheet or on some notes. However, so in about five minutes, it came back with a spreadsheet of the top 10 programs in the Southeast, colleges that had veterinary science school, the annual tuition costs, even found the application deadlines for each one of those schools Ooh. for this calendar year, and then the link to the website. And then it had a list of like three or four different grants or scholarships that, that they do. And they're like, this is, we would have done hundreds of searches. This would have been months of time. This is like, even if it's, she doesn't even go to one of those, it's a great starting point to at least go, hey, let's just start here and then figure out, not have to spend all this time just building that list and then have that, did I miss something feeling? It's just to to your point, this is kind of like our thinking, how we search or research mm -hmm. is completely transforming. And to your point, I want to make a video, something in lines of I tested thousand AI tools. Let's say that I'm not 100% yet committed. Maybe it will end up 100. I'm just calculating now how long it would take. And my thinking was like, okay, so to start that, I need to create Google Sheets, start, you know, mapping out companies and links. And I, then I caught myself, was like, what? No, like, why would yep. I do that? Why would I do work I can just again? go, okay, AutoGBT, this is a specific website, the library of mm -hmm. latest AI tools, get them all into Google Spreadsheet with these type of columns and that I can just go and be like, boom, click, open, test it. I want to see, do you have to pay for it? Is there reviews? Like all these things just in one place right now in front of me. So this is what's kind of, you catch yourself in the old habits, but actually rethinking how yeah. we work, that not leaning back to the old ways is going to be kind of a new challenge. Oh, I think what a lot of people are struggling with Exactly what you're describing, you know, we're still, we're very conditioned this way to be creative and then still have to have enough in the tank to then go execute, right? Mm -hmm. These AI tools obviously make a lot of stuff very easy, but if you use them in a much more creative fashion where you're descriptive, where you're giving examples, where you're doing some more advanced prompt engineering, that, you know, the creativity is still all there then. It's just the commodity of execution that has now changed because I don't have to do as much executing, actual typing, but I'm still going to take it and then add half a dozen sentences to it, edit 10 other ones. And it's still 100% me, you know, I just had some help getting 
to that 80% starting line. And then I'm probably able to even pour in more creativity and because there's ideas that maybe I didn't think of or sources that I wouldn't have used. So I think that you hear a lot of people saying it's going to disrupt all these industries. Yeah, it, it probably is. But how about the way that it can do it positively? I don't think any copywriter loves the act of copywriting, like typing it out itself, but probably enjoy the act of ideating and being creative and trying to figure out how to convey the message that they need to, you know, for their client. So what you just described there is a perfect example of just your shift in, you know, kind of how you view execution of, okay, here's the way I've always done it, but wait, I have this other option over here. Let me see what's behind door number two, and maybe that can be a better result. True, but also we need to talk about all the other aspects. And we don't need to be specific about AutoGPT because one, it feels like in our environment, it's a huge thing. It's exploding. Just the stars number on GitHub. I think it's the biggest project ever there. But the reality is that probably less than 0.1% knows about it. And, you know, one aspect is what happens when more people know about it. But on GitHub page, it very specifically says it's an experiment. Yeah. Right? So we also need to look into this. Okay, this is an experiment. And for example, we know that ChatGPT will have plugins, access to very specific dedicated databases like health database mm -hmm. or Zapier or whatever database you can think of, plus browse on internet. So for me, AutoGPT feels much more like a feature than a product on its own. And this is kind of like, you just start brainstorming, okay, what's possible when you have all these autonomous agents doing the things for you. And I very much think that, or at least I would like to imagine what the future is, the future is bright and the way we work is actually that each of us have this dedicated little assistants which actually yeah. use computers. So I like how Midjourney founder David was talking about that how we interact with computers completely change from, you know, just keyboard, joystick, touchscreen, mouse. What if we are moving A towards voice commands purely, just talking as you would talk with your assistant in a meeting? Mm -hmm. And then, of course, we can talk about nanotechnology and circuits and directly into brain, like brain waves and all that. But that's probably 2024. So let's stay in 2023. <laughs> that's next Thursday, Gona. Yeah, so that's next week's episode at this rate. But what are your fears? Do you have any fears after using this or you're completely positive? I am the cautious optimist with all of these, with a capital O in that optimism, just because for me, and I've described this on a prior episode, the space it now frees up because I'm 80% there with a task is just so worth it to me. And it's my favorite thing in the world to show people that I'm sharing these tools with coaching, training, anything, that sense of wonder when they see this work for the first time and it, you could see it's going to, this changes the way I could work. This changes the way I could plan how my family goes on a vacation. This changes the way I can interact with people. So I get more time to do the things I really enjoy. So I lean heavy into that. But I understand that people think that the cost is going to then be people being creative, people using it for malfeasance and bad intentions. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be that too. But hasn't that also occurred with every 
new technological kind of shift anyway. Absolutely. People thought that internet was a fad. But another aspect why, for example, why I think that AutoGPT is more like, I very much see it as an experiment and more as a feature, the current setup of that and the cost. Yeah. Because this is why I wanted to ask to touch on that, because you still use your open AI key. Yeah. And this is an interesting dynamic, how actually the people who benefit from that is open AI, mm-hmm. because you're literally driving revenue. And because of each step and the way it's set up, it's using so many tokens. Mm-hmm. It's just burning through them. I saw it like, I don't want to say annoys me, but I see, for example, on LinkedIn, so many posts from people who are probably like me, who don't code and don't know that much ins of this technology, mm-hmm. promoting this as, hey, now businesses are going to be transformed and this is amazing. And then telling even that it's for free. And it's just, we shouldn't promote, let's say, experiments, which are very insanely costly without A, testing and deeper understanding. And as any startup giving it time as an MVP to be in the market, to see how it evolves before we can make any kind of conclusions and start pitching this as transformative thing for businesses. There's definitely much more than just a monetary cost too. I alluded to the fact that this gets expensive. You know, the GPT-4 algorithm, which is the latest, the greatest, the newest for about every thousand tokens. So 750 words that goes in or out is about 12 cents. All right. So Mm. if you have these two agents talking to one another, everything that they prompt, then go search and then assemble is all tokens. So that example I gave about the family friend who's, you know, searching for colleges, just getting that information together was about $4.50 worth of tokens. Mm -hmm. So tremendously valuable to them. I had no problem doing that. But then I kind of sat back. I'm like, oh, I don't think I needed the latest and greatest to aggregate and pull this data. Let me be using 3.5 for some of this stuff. Four might be better if I'm asking it to develop a book or screenplay or something like much longer. Yeah. On another flip side, we just mentioned that 19,000 forks on GitHub. I don't see that going away. And I don't know, have you joined Discord channel of AutoGPT? I think I'm on the one for God mode. I haven't been very active in that yet, you know, just because it's yeah, during this podcast, the time we've been recording this podcast, 7,500 new AI sites have actually come out. So there's a little bit of things to parse through these days in the world of AI. It is a exciting time no matter what, but I think just on that, that's probably a great place to wrap things up for this week. So for go to go and West the Synth Mind, Happy prompting, everybody. Happy prompting, everybody. Thanks for listening to How to Talk to AI with your hosts, GoToGo and Wes the SynthMind. As always, you can check out the show notes and links at howtotalkto.ai. That's all for this week's episode. Happy prompting, everyone.